0: we're uh, in this season going to reflect on this idea of vision, and so uh, I just very briefly want to introduce this concept. As you know, every year we have a theme that runs throughout most of the school year, sort of September through May, and then we have sort of uh, uh, mini-sermon series that, that feed into that theme. Uh, in your bulletin, you've got a little handout that talks about this year's theme and, and where we're going in the coming weeks and months. So we're real excited about this idea. But I just want to briefly touch on the idea of vision. Now, as we mentioned earlier, two concepts of vision. One is what we call uh, visionary leadership. And I read this this week. A visionary leaders should have the ability to look forward into the future further than others, and have an unwavering focus on an end goal that some others believe is impossible. I I love that idea. Visionary leaders should should see into the future further than others and believe in some things that some folks think are impossible. That sounds like Jesus, right? Uh, That sounds like Jesus. But then there's this other idea that that vision is connected to to hearing from God, right? Where, Where there is no prophecy, the people perish. And again, Jesus is uh, in this perfect communion with God. And so he, he brings together both these ideas for us, this idea of, of forward thinking and this idea of, of hearing from God. Uh, and, and he comes as this kind of ultimate visionary leader. And, and I think everything that Jesus does exists to feed into this vision, right? Jesus comes with this vision of what the world could and should be like if everyone was in right relationship with God and each other. And He calls that vision the kingdom of heaven. And what's incredible about Jesus is everywhere He goes, everything He does is overwhelmingly intentionally connected to making that vision into a reality. So when Jesus goes to a party, and when Jesus goes to a funeral, and when Jesus heals a blind man, and when Jesus casts out a demon, and when Jesus um, makes more wine so uh, the drinking doesn't have to stop, and when Jesus uh, raises the dead, all of that, these are these incredibly intentional acts as he's trying to show us this vision of the kingdom of God. So we're going to begin our season this year thinking about Jesus' vision, right, of of this kingdom of God. I love this graphic that Drew designed, right, with an eye, uh, so we get the vision thing. But you can see what the eye is seeing, right? Reflected in there is what they're seeing. So I, I love this idea that, that Jesus sees the world, um, but he always sees the kingdom of God and everything in you and in me and in uh, a tax collector and in a demon-possessed woman. And everywhere he goes, he sees the kingdom and he works to bring it into reality. Okay, so we're going to think about what that looks like this season. And we're going to do that particularly using the parables, because uh, Jesus Uh, uses these really interesting teaching tools called parables. They're just, it's often been said, they're just earthly stories with a heavenly message. Okay, so we're going to play with uh, the parables of Jesus in this season. Uh, And I I want you to know one, um, maybe two really big ideas about parables, just again for some framework for the coming weeks. Uh, The first is that every parable has two purposes. It conveys a critical truth, And then it challenges us with an important choice. Every parable conveys a critical truth and challenges us with an important choice. And every parable ends up being uncomfortable for the people who are listening to it. There are no comfortable parables. Okay, And so as you hear this parable today, uh, I I hope um, you find a way to be a little bit uncomfortable. All right. Uh, With that said, I want to tell you this story again, this story of of the farmer that goes out to sow sow his seed, Uh, but I'm going to put my own spin on it. I'm going to give you a parable about this parable, Uh, and uh, my spin is going to be about McDonald's. Um, So I, I, this week, maybe, I don't remember, Wednesday or Thursday, I was having a busy day. I needed to get a lot of work done, and I I was in my office, and I was hungry, and I was thinking, boy, I need to go get some food quick, bring it back here, and, and keep working. And so uh, I got that, you never get that feeling like, ah, oh, you know what, the only thing that's gonna satisfy me is hamburgers and fries and sweet tea. I get that feeling a lot. Uh, so uh, I jump in my car, I drive to McDonald's. I see a, a, a long line of cars. I think it was, I don't remember, three or four or five cars lined up in the drive through line. I get in my spot, right? and then I wait ever been in a drive-thru line and there's somebody up there at the drive-thru sign where they make their order and they just can't get their thing together? And you're like, have you never been to McDonald's before? <laughs> Did you not think about what you were going to buy before you came? Right? And, and sometimes you see these people in like a minivan full of children and you're thinking, are the kids ordering? What is happening? So it was one of those moments, uh, I'm in a hurry, I'm wanting my food, I want to get back to work, and I'm going to guess that I waited, th- this one car was there probably two minutes, which in, in fast food time is a lifetime, okay? Finally, this car pulls ahead. The next car comes a little bit, not fast, but a little bit faster, and the next, and the next, finally I get up there, and nobody speaks. So finally I say, hello, anybody there? Hello? I'm maybe a little impatient. I'm not sure I'm being polite. No answer. Hello? Anybody? Hello? No answer. So finally, I, I look carefully uh, at the, the drive through um, uh, machine. And would you put that picture up for me? Um, and I see, you can just see, I took a picture out of my window. It's not very good. You see that orange sheet of paper right there? You can't read it, I'm sure. But what it says is, hours for the week of 9-5 through 9 and then there are different days, and on Tuesday through Friday, it says they'll be open from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. This is noon, okay? Um, all those cars in front of me, including myself, all sat there and waited and waited for someone to open while there's this sign that says, we're closed, we'll see you at 4 p.m. So I, I, I finally saw the sign, and I, I took a picture of it, and I said, well, without vision, the people perish, right? Um, and then, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to drive through it. I'm going to be a good Samaritan, right? Because all the other people in front of me, they just drove off and left, right? And they knew there was a line of cars behind them. So I drive around the McDonald's, and it's, I can't really pull up next to those cars because then I'll get stuck. So I, I kind of pull up to the end of the line, and I think there, there are literally four cars there. And I roll down my window, and I say, it's closed. Hey, guys, McDonald's is closed. No response. Now, the, these four cars, all of them but one have their windows rolled down, as you do when you're getting ready to go through a drive through One of them is sitting at the machine, probably staring this orange piece of paper in the face, but without vision, the people perish. Uh, and so I yell again, um, hey, guys, McDonald's is closed. No response, nothing. Um, the third time, I, I, get, I really put my youth pastor voice into it. I'm just screaming, hey, you guys, McDonald's is closed, of the four cars. The only one that responds is the one with its windows up, okay? And it's not the driver. It's the passenger in the back seat who rolls a window and says, excuse me, are you talking to me? (laughs) Yes, it's closed. They're they're not open right now. Oh, thank you so much. And they pull out and they drive away. And I look at those other three cars and I think, what the heck is wrong with them that they can't hear me screaming at them? And I thought, well, maybe, um, maybe... There's so much going on in their head; they can't even hear the message. Um, maybe there's so much going on in their lives. Can you put the rocks up for me for a minute? Um, that that all they can—they're just a rocky path, right? And 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 the message comes, but they don't have ears to hear it. It can't take root. They're just caught up in their head, right? And then I thought, um, maybe somebody heard me, you know, maybe somebody heard me and thought, oh, that's interesting. It's closed. But then they said, yeah, but I'm not so sure about that. I'm really hungry. And there's people in line and they're not leaving. And so maybe that message I heard was nice, but I'm not going to risk a hamburger and fries and a milkshake on it. So I'm just going to stay here and hope they're open. Right. And they heard the message. It took root, but it had shallow soil. Right. You can see my sand and my rocks. Um, Maybe there were people who heard my message, um, but their music was so loud, right? There were so many other things going on in their head. They're listening to the news and hearing all the terrible things happening in our world, and my message about McDonald's is closed couldn't get through to them, right? Because they got choked out by all the other messages. And thankfully, so my time wasn't wasted, there was one person, right? One person who heard who produced a crop, maybe who told their friends, hey, by the way, McDonald's is closed. Uh, This parable is really helpful for me. Thanks, you can take this back. You can go back to that. There you go. Uh, Really helpful for me because uh, I think it conveys, we said earlier, parables convey a critical truth and they bring a a challenging choice, right? The the critical truth that this parable Jesus teaches um, is that the kingdom of God is about our hearts. Kingdom of God is about our hearts. Other kingdoms come in other ways. Other kingdoms come in the coming of armies and swords. Um, sometimes we think, "Hey, the way we're going to change the world is uh, we're, going to, we're going to win some great battles or wars, right? or hey, we're going to elect the right people." Change comes in, in votes and political campaigns, right? or um, boy, you know, if we can just put enough pressure on the world, we can, we can force everybody to change. And Jesus says, "No, I don't think that's how change is going to happen." I don't think how God's kingdom will come is going to be through wars or power or pressure or politics or any of that stuff. I think it's going to come in hearts. I think the the battleground over which we fight and and the mission that we have is to change hearts. Alexander Sotinitskin, we read this a lot, uh, had a wonderful quote. He says, The line separating good and evil passes not through states nor between classes, "'nor between political parties either, "'but right through every human heart "'and through all human hearts. "'This line shifts. "'Inside us it oscillates with the years, "'and even within the hearts overwhelmed by evil, "'one small bridgehead of good is retained. "'And even in the best of all hearts "'there remains a small, unuprooted corner of evil.'" Jesus recognizes this. He recognizes that if He is going to bring God's kingdom to earth, if He's going to reorganize our world so that the the people love each other the way they're supposed to and love God as they should, it's going to require heart change. It's going to be a kingdom of hearts. So He tells this parable about um, different kinds of hearts. Uh, And then there is a, a heart choice right? There's this central choice, this challenging decision that we have to make about how we will respond to the message of a kingdom in our hearts. And I, I don't know if you notice this in the story, but, but even though there are, there are four kinds of soil, there's really two kinds of people, okay? Four kinds of soil, two kinds of people. These people and these people, right? These people are called the crowd, the crowd. These people are called the Christians, the disciples. Uh, and, and what Jesus is doing so interestingly is He's saying, hey, you've got to make a choice about which group you're going to be in. Are you here as the crowd or are you here as the Christians? Are you here as the disciples? Uh, one of the... Um, uncomfortable parts of this passage is when Jesus begins to describe why he speaks in parables. Remember, Jesus says, "Um, boy, I'm speaking in parables so that um, seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. He says, to those who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Uh, Parables exist to force the issue about the kingdom of God in our hearts. This parable particularly exists to force the issue about what choice we're going to make. And those who come to see Jesus because it's a great show, right? those who come to see Jesus because, boy, you know, this guy puts on a good sermon. Um, boy, this guy always does some really cool special effects. He's got great props. Right, This guy who comes and says, Hey, you know, we just, we just want to go where everyone else is going. This is what we do on, on Saturdays. We go to see the rabbi. He says, that's not enough for me. I'm not looking for big crowds. I'm looking for disciples. I'm looking for people that want to be Christians who make the challenging choice to step out of the crowd and to reform their life, to, to make um, time to listen to give space for my word to root in their lives, to remove uh, the, the thorns and the temptations and the distractions that draw them away from me so that they can produce a crop. She says, I, I want you to decide if you're going to be crowds or Christians. Now, now, I said earlier that every parable should make us uncomfortable, okay? Here's where I want to make you uncomfortable a little bit. Um, being in the church on Sunday morning doesn't make you a Christian any more than jumping in the lake makes you a fish, right? And, and the idea um, that I go through some of these motions because my parents taught me to, or because I feel like I'm supposed to, or because I want to make sure God doesn't punish me for it, or because I, I want to make sure that I get into heaven when I die, um, doesn't make you a Christian. You know what it makes you? It makes you part of the crowd. in Kierkegaard has a great story I've shared with you before um, of a a community of ducks. And he says in this community, um, they have uh, on Sunday morning a duck church. And all the ducks leave their houses, put on their duck clothes, waddle down the street into their duck church. And they sit in their duck pews and the duck choir gets up and sings. And then the duck pastor gets up and he opens up the duck Bible and he reads from it. And he says, you are ducks. God made you with wings You can rise and soar like eagles. You are ducks and you can fly. And all the people say, amen, preacher, and then they waddle home. The challenge for us, right, is that um, we are called to do something different. We're called to fly. Uh, We're called to say, hey, I'm interested in this difficult choice of leaving the crowd becoming a Christian, of leaving the crowd and becoming a disciple. So so what does that mean, right? What does that choice look like? Uh, Well, here's the really good news. Uh, The really good news is that even if we aren't already great soil, soil can change. I I think this is why Jesus uses soil as a metaphor. In fact, he even says this in his passage. Uh, Jesus says, if they would look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their heart in turn i would heal them i would heal them see hearts like soil can be changed and and the way we do this is, is really simple it begins with exactly what the disciples do you notice what makes the disciples different from the crowd it's not that they're smarter It's not that they're wiser. It's not that they're, uh, maybe they're more committed. That doesn't really say that in this passage. In the passage, what makes the disciples different from the crowd is after Jesus finishes his parable, what do they do? They go to Jesus and they say, we don't get it. Give us more. That's it. That's the difference between being a crowd and a Christian, right? Is we go to Jesus and say, hey, you know what? When I don't get it, I need more. I got to come back to you, Jesus. And every challenging moment of my life, I'm just going to go to you and ask for more. Uh, and so you might be in any one of these places in your life. Maybe uh, you've been going to church your whole life, but it's never really meant anything to you. It's sort of like you know the sermon washes over you, and then um, you know you're here for the picnic because it's going to be a good picnic. That's reasonable, but uh, uh, and it's almost like you never really heard the message. And so you go to Jesus and say, Jesus. Today, I need more. I want to understand what this story is that you're telling. I want you to do something different in my life. I want you to make it possible for me to take some root and grow. And, and, and again, because soil can change, right? Jesus, um, Jesus shows up. I got a little bit of, I uh, thought this was appropriate. This is called Miracle Grow. Um, and, and, and he just comes and he just changes your, changes your soil, right? Maybe you come and say, Jesus, uh, I believed. I and mean, there have been plenty of times in my life where I've, I've confessed my faith and said, hey, you're really my Lord and I really trust you. But you know what? Um, every time things get hard and those difficult moments in my life when I'm tempted to sin or when I'm tempted to, to go a different way, boy, I, I never seem to lean into you. I always seem to lean away from you. And I come back and I feel guilty, but I don't want to keep doing that. Jesus, I need you to give me some depth in my life. And you just ask him for more, right? And and on your shallow soil, Jesus pours out more. Or maybe you say, Jesus, you know, uh, I, I believe, I've always believed, I grew up in the church, but as I look around my life right now, there are so many other things that I'm worried about, so many things in my life that are commanding my attention and my energy and my time. I don't know how to make space for you. And Jesus says, hey, together, let's just weed your life a little bit right? T- together, let's just rip out some of this stuff. Let's get rid of some of the weeds that are, are, are choking out your time and your energy. And let's say, hey, you know what? Without that in your life, maybe there's room for me. Uh, and and maybe, um, maybe after this is over, uh, you'll realize you don't even need all of that stuff. Um, but those weeds actually were just a distraction from what really matters to you in your life and in, in me being in your life. And, and maybe you say, hey, you know what, I, I actually think I've tried really hard to make space for God in my life. Uh, and, and I think, you know what, I, I, I've had some fruit from my faithfulness, and I've seen God move in awesome ways, and I just want more of that, right? I've had a crop of 30, and I want a crop of 60. I've had a crop of 60, and I want a crop of 100. So you go to God and you say, God, I just, I just need some water, right? You, you know, you give the growth, but if you just, just water my soil, right, God, just, just Just make it more possible for your life to spring up in me because I want more of you. Uh, And and here's the amazing thing. Uh, I believe that God is so excited about these prayers. I believe God says, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to give you more of myself. I've always wanted to change your heart. I've always wanted you to weed out your life. I've always wanted you to to grow a greater crop. But I never knew that you were interested, right? Because you were always afraid about getting your hands dirty. And you can't change your life unless you get your hands dirty. But the good news is uh, Jesus wants to come alongside you. Jesus is not just about uh, a kingdom of hearts. He's about a kingdom of of transformed hearts. Uh, And and He wants to transform your heart today and make more space for more fruit and life and joy and grace and peace in you. And maybe, just maybe, you'll have a job of going out and and, and scattering seed for Him as well to invite others uh, to produce that crop. And so my prayer for you today is that you would hear Um, about the kingdom of hearts. You would hear about the choice Christ calls you to make to move from crowd to Christian. And you would say, Jesus, I want more of you today. And I'm willing to get my hands dirty to do it. That he who has ears, hear what the church is saying. Thanks be to God. Amen.